Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Hello, podcast listeners. So just so you know, today's episode is a double up that I did. I did an IGTV series on our feed on Enneagram and Coffee. And today I am taking that audio and I'm sharing it with you on the podcast. So if the audio feels a little bit different, if the tone feels a little bit different, that's probably why. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and click record on the video and then we will dive in to today's episode. Hello, everybody. I wanted to spend the week of our anniversary. It's our one year anniversary of the creation of this account. I wanted to spend it sharing a few more of the kind of educational things or kind of the heart behind the Enneagram or why I do what I do or the things, ways that I think about it. Um, these are things that typically get reserved for the podcast, um, but I wanted to bring a little bit of this into the feed this week. So I'm going to use today's video to answer one of my most asked questions. And that is, so I figured out my Enneagram type, like I know my number, but what do I do with that? Like, how do I move forward from here? I think the first thing that the Enneagram does for us, right, is this awareness. And I think it helps us to skip sometimes decades of personal introspection work, like really figuring out what we need to be doing and what we need to be focusing on, what's not serving us, what is serving us, why. So it can help us skip that step. But once we've become aware, then what do we do? Um, But before we dive into what do we do with the Enneagram, I want to talk a little bit about what not to do with the Enneagram, like the things that actually we are tempted to do, but maybe don't really serve us. Um, so the first one is, you know, don't use this awareness of the tool to start trying to type everybody else. Um, you know, this is a journey that is personal and this is a journey that you can invite people into, but it's really not your journey to have for them. Um, I did a podcast episode all about why we don't type people. So I encourage you guys to go listen to that. You can find it on iTunes or Spotify and the agreement coffee is the name of the podcast as well. But that's the first thing. I encourage you not to do this as a way to just start typing everybody. The second thing is don't learn your number and then stop there, right? The awareness is great. What I create on here, it's like funny and cute, but there's so much more to the Enneagram than just the fact that like maybe as a type seven, you know, I like to multitask, (laughs) you know, there's so much more to it than that. What happens when we learn our number and we stop there is we really miss out on the richness of what the Enneagram has to offer, which is um, so much more than that. So don't stop at learning your number. The second thing is don't use the Enneagram as a replacement for vulnerability. Um, I'm going to go into this a little bit more in another video, but in, I have a podcast episode, one of the most recent episodes as well that, that dives into this talking about you know, how to get our friends and family involved in personal growth work. We kind of dive into this as well, but don't use it as a replacement for vulnerability. And what I mean by that is that I see so many people, um, you know, using their number as a replacement for actually talking about themselves, actually sharing about themselves. It's easy to do, right? I can say, 
As a type seven, I don't like to be tied down to commitments a year from now. What I really mean when I say that is as a type seven, I'm afraid that if I commit now, I might find something better for me and I'm scared of limiting my options. That's a lot deeper, right? There's so much more there. And what we can do is we can almost use our number as this placeholder for the truth of the work we need to do or want to be doing and how we want to be showing up. So I encourage you not to use it as a replacement for vulnerability. The next thing is don't use this as an excuse. And this is kind of piggybacking on the vulnerability thing. You know, don't use it as a reason for why you do the things that you do that don't serve yourself or others. Instead, use it as an opportunity to make choices that are different within what you think you have to make. You know, recognize that you are not your type pattern. It is just a thing that you tell yourself you have to be. So um, you can make choices at any time outside of that type pattern. And so I encourage you to then, when you see yourself tempted to say, well, you know, I'm this number, instead think, why did I decide to make that choice? And how could I have made a different choice instead? The next thing is don't use it as a tool for self-hatred or shame. I also see this a lot. I see people say, well, I think I have the worst number. Um, How do you as a type blank learn to love yourself? Because it seems like I'm terrible. When I read my description, it sounds awful. And so I want to encourage you to not only see the darkness in your type, right? To see all of the good that you bring to the table and to really feel comfortable celebrating that. Don't get stuck in this feeling of like, there's a bad number. There's a wrong way to be. There's a wrong number to be. You should be a different type because every single number has shadow. Every single number has light. There's so much good and so much struggle in every single number. So the work isn't in rejecting yourself. The work is in learning to celebrate what you're bringing to the table and then mitigating or finding support plans for the things that aren't serving you. The next thing is don't try to control someone else's growth path with the Enneagram. And we touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but I want to rehash it. I want to kind of come back to it and say, it is not our place to tell someone what their growth journey should be. And I think what can happen, like why this happens is we're afraid to set boundaries for ourselves, right? So we, um, we're scared to directly ask for what we need and what we want out of the relationships in our life. And we hope that a tool like the Enneagram can come in and kind of solve our lack of desire to communicate directly um, and directly ask for what we need and set firm direct boundaries. We hope that the Enneagram will come in and kind of like do it for us. And so we can use the Enneagram as a tool of like subtle manipulation to really tell people, well, here's some things that I think you should work on. And what you really are trying to do is say, hey, this isn't serving me in our relationship. This is the boundary that I need to set. And this is how it will look moving forward. Um, So don't use the Enneagram as your way of avoiding setting the boundaries you need to set in your life. So those are all of the things I'm like, let's not do this. So what do we do, right? Let's, Let's replace that with what we actually can do with the Enneagram. So the Enneagram essentially, right, is the story we tell ourselves about who we have to be to be okay and to be loved. So hold that for a second. I'm going to say it one more time slower. The Enneagram is the story that we tell ourselves about who we need to be in order to be okay, in order to be loved. It's a story. That's all that it is, right? It's it's this way that we've thought we had to be in order to be safe, in order to be loved, in order to be okay. We felt like this is how we have to show up. And if we don't show up like this, then things will not be okay. 
So the first thing is to recognize it as a story, to recognize it as this is the way that I believe I have to be, but I'm allowed to make different choices than that. The second thing is really, it allows us to understand why people operate the way they do, right? If we do learn the number of other people, it does allow us this opportunity to say, well, what does that mean for you? What does it feel like to, you know, feel like if you fail that you've, that things will not be okay, that you're not going to be loved? What does that feel like? What is that like for you? Um, I encourage you to ask more questions than give answers. So instead of saying, well, as a, you know, as a type four, you blah, 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 which all is tempting. I encourage you instead to say, as a type four, what does it feel like for you when blank comes up? That's so much more connective, so much more compassion driven, and it's going to allow you a deeper intimacy with that person than you would have otherwise. That brings me to use the Enneagram as a tool for compassion. And I, I want to encourage you to start with self and let that overflow. I think a lot of times when we don't have compassion for other people, it comes out of the place of not holding the compassion that we need to for ourselves. So I want to encourage you to start with the compassion for yourself and then let that bleed out into compassion for others. And so what does that look like? Um, you know, I think compassion is bred through understanding. I think it's bred through curiosity. It ultimately just means allowing people to be human and allowing yourself to be human. I think a lot of times we have this like idea that we can surpass our human experience, right? That we can get to a point in life where we no longer struggle with the things that humans struggle with. Like I will just wake up every morning at 5am and I'll do the things that I'll, you know, I'll work out, I'll drink green juice, I'll you know, I'll make all the right choices. And the reality is that this is the, a constant relationship to um, listening, learning, and making choices that serve you and others better. We're all going to mess it up every single day. I'm going to mess this journey up every single day you are too. And that's fine. And comp- what compassion allows for us to do is to hold the space for the fact that we're all just trying our very, very best. I think that that's To me, the key of compassion is the full belief that every day I wake up and I do my best and I, I desire, and I don't mean I do my best as in like, I make all the right. Um, I want to, I'm full of energy and motivation and excitement every day. More so. I mean, I'm just trying to be the best human I can be. I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to love the people in my life. I'm trying to get by. And every day I believe all of us are doing that. I think every day we're all waking up and we're just doing the best we can with what we have that day and what we've been given in our lives overall. Um, So when we hold that space for people, we can do so much. And I think the Enneagram can really give us some insight into what it is that the people in our lives are battling with every single day. The next thing is you don't need to change your type. So what people often do is they say, well, what type should I be? Or, um, you know, you see the lines and you think like, oh, I'm a seven. I'm supposed to be a type five. I'm supposed to act like a type five. And the reality is that there's no good or bad numbers and there's also no escaping the pattern that you're, you're built around yourself, right? Like those things are going to keep coming up and that's okay. Instead, you just need to release its hold over you. Um, remembering that you can celebrate your strengths in your number, right? There's so many beautiful things that each and every one of us bring to the table. And I truly believe that we need every single type out there, right? I, I rely on 
all of you in order for life to, to be rich and beautiful and complete. In that, we also get to choose how we live, how we show up every day. And if we can recognize that this is a story, right? This is a story that we've written about who we need to be, how we're supposed to be, what we have to be in order to be okay, then we can release that and make different choices overall, right? We can choose each and every day to not let that be the thing that controls us. There's so much more that I want to dive into with this. Um, and we do on the podcast, um, every single Thursday, we release a new episode unless I'm sick or traveling or something weird happens, but most Thursdays we're releasing an episode. So please stay tuned in that. Um, I have two more videos coming this week so that that will come out as well. Let me know if you guys like this as a series, cause maybe this is something we could do more often too, cause it's fun for me. If you're enjoying it then we'll keep it going. But for now, I think this is a good place to start and I will see you in the next video. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.